helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. This is Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today we have another interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is about how to manage negative feelings. Yes, we're all going to be going through something at some point that makes us feel sad, makes us feel depressed, makes us feel lonely, makes us feel a range of emotions that we do not want to feel. But I think it's very important for us to understand how to manage those negative feelings. Managing those feelings correctly can mean that you're resilient, that you overcome these situations, and that you bounce back. Or conversely, if you do not manage these feelings correctly, then what can happen is that you fall apart, your situation deteriorates, and uh, things just goes from bad to worse. So today's show is going to be giving you strategies on how to manage your negative feelings. We're also going to be giving an acronym uh, during this show, the acronym EASE, that gives you four important steps to manage negative feelings. And so again, I want to thank you for joining us today. And for those of you who are first-time listeners, I want to remind you that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30 a.m. And for those of you who are faithful listeners, you know that every week we try to uh, put a biblical spin on the topics that we are discussing. And today we're going to be using uh, biblical passages, as we always do, to discuss this important top topic of how to manage negative feelings. When it comes to negative feelings, we find that negative feelings run throughout the scriptures. So we should be not surprised when we are faced with situations in life that make us have negative feelings. I can think of David, for example, in Psalm 55, verse 4 and 5, where he cried out, My heart is in anguish within me. Fear and trembling have come up. On me, I can think of the psalmist also in Psalm 77, verse 4, where the psalmist cries out saying, I am so troubled that I cannot speak. And so the, the biblical characters in the Bible were no strangers to negative feelings. I can also think of Job in Job 3 verse 25 when he cried out and he said, the very thing that I feared have come upon me and the thing that I dreaded have happened to me. So these men of God, these people of the, the of the of script of biblical times also faced 
issues that made them feel overwhelmed, made them feel as if life had taken this turn that they were just ha- that they that they were not expecting, and they had difficulty. Uh, coping with those emotions. But we find that a lot of the biblical characters were very resilient. If we look at the story of David, we know that despite all that he suffered, he was resilient. Why were these biblical characters resilient despite their suffering? We are going to be talking about some of those strategies today that will help you to be resilient regardless of what you might be going through in life. So what makes one person uh, bounce back from a situation and another person fall apart in the same situation? I think one of the very common element that I see in many people who come to me for help in my practice as a psychotherapist is that many people fall apart because they have a wrong theology when it comes to suffering. And their theology goes something like this. If I live for God, if I pay my tithes, if I go to church on Sunday, if I pray regularly, then bad things will not happen to me. And I guess that kind of theology comes from some of the erroneous teachings that are there on on Christian TV and on podcasts that people listen to. If you listen to some of these preachers, how they talk about life experiences is that if you're a Christian and you're doing all of those things that you're called on to do, then you will never have suffering in your life. And even if something goes wrong for a short period of time, you someone is going to come in and, on a white horse and rescue you, and you're going to just, uh, you know, live with, with a smile on your face for the rest of your life. But for those of us who have been around long enough, we know that life is not like that. We know that you can pay your tithes faithfully and still have suffering. We know that you can still have regular devotion and read your Bible uh, several times a day and pray every day and still have things happen in your life. So we know that this is just a part of the human experience. The Bible tells us that we should marvel not when we are faced with many different kinds of temptations and sufferings. But the Bible also tells us that we are to take heart because our Lord and Savior Jesus has overcome the world. So what what the, those passages are telling us is that, yes, suffering is a part of life, but we are not left to our own devices to overcome suffering. We have the help of God himself to help us walk through those sufferings. So I think one of the, the first reasons, as I've said, why people suffer is that they have this wrong theology and when things start going bad, they fall apart because they are frustrated and, and they start thinking to themselves, well, what, 
what else can I do? I have done everything, and why would God allow this to happen to me? How did this come into my life? How could my children turn away from God? And and they're so disappointed with these feelings that they're having, and, and so overwhelmed, I should say, by these feelings that they're having, that uh, sadly enough, many people even turn away from God and from the church because of these sufferings. So it's important for us to also look at other reasons why people, uh, why why people fall away. And I think one of the reasons that we have talked about in 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 a couple of the other shows that we have done is that people are sometimes overwhelmed and fall apart as a result of of their their negative feelings because they have this I shouldn't mentality if I am a Christian I shouldn't feel this way or this shouldn't happen to me or or this feeling that somehow they're above having these these kind of emotions so as a result of that wrong attitude to emotions and negative feelings they they become even more anxious and more depressed because this attitude that say that say this shouldn't be happening feeds into this and it becomes a a, a very vicious cycle where that negative feeling become even more magnified because of an incorrect attitude. So I guess the attitude that we should have towards suffering is to say suffering is an integral and 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 a very a very normal part of you, the human experience and that we should not be surprised when it comes our way yes negative feelings are there for a reason god created us with these range of emotions and so having these feelings in themselves is not a bad thing and do not listen to anyone who tell you that if you're a christian regardless of what you're going through that you should have a big smile on your face if you should always have a big smile on your face then god will would not have made you with those other emotions and those other feelings. The Bible itself tells us that there is a time to laugh, but also a time to mourn. So the, num- the, the thing that I want to drive home, the point I'm driving home here right now, is that your attitude towards suffering, one of the big steps towards managing your emotion is that your attitude towards negative emotions should change. Another reason why people are overwhelmed by their negative emotions is that they have a cognitive distortion that is known as catastrophization. And what catastrophization does is that it magnifies the suffering. So, for example, you may have just gotten a a notice from your boss that say, I want to see you tomorrow at, you know, tomorrow sometime during the day tomorrow. 
and you go home and you start ruminating on, I wonder what it is that he wants to talk to me about. I can bet I am going to be fired. And this fear of going to be fired just doesn't stay there. You start building this picture in your mind of I'm going to be fired. I'm going to not be able to pay my mortgage. I'm going to lose my house. My wife is going to divorce me because I have no money and my children are going to hate me. And so just this call by your boss to say that he needs to meet with you turn into this catastrophe that makes you fall apart even more. So I would say that it's very important as we are managing our our negative feelings, that we be very conscious about how we are thinking, how we are processing what's going on inside of our brain. Because how we think about those situations has uh, have everything to do with how we will we will manage those emotions. If you surround yourself or fill your minds with negative thoughts about your feelings, then this, the situation will seem like a mountain, even though it's a molehill, and you will fall apart mentally and become overwhelmed and anxious and depressed and all of those negative things that you don't want to do. The, the other reason why people uh, fall apart during uh, when they're having negative feelings is that they have unhealthy coping mechanism. So one form of unhealthy coping mechanism is denial. So people who deny and say that this is not really happening, this is not this is not that big of a deal. People in other parts of the world go through worse things. If you have that kind of a mindset where you're minimizing or you're, you're denying what's really happening to you, then you're setting up yourself for failure because denying that something is happening to you doesn't magically make it disappear or make your emotions any less. Yes, you might be trying your best to stuff that emotion and you may be drowning it out with with, by watching television or by eating food, eating junk food or by behaving in reckless sexual behavior. But whatever it is, that emotion is still there. You're just distracted from it. So I use this analogy. This would be like you having a fire in your kitchen and instead of dealing with that fire, you said, I don't want to deal with this because this is such an unpleasant situation. I'm not going to deal with this fire. I don't want to see it. I'm just going to go in the basement and I'm going to watch my favorite show. I'm going to put on my, my favorite Christian music in the basement and just listen to it while the kitchen is burning. It is just a matter of time before that fire comes to the basement. So what I am saying is that when you have negative situations in life, it's very important for you not to deny or to avoid, but deal with whatever it is. And by dealing with it, we manage our emotions better. When we run away, those emotions drive us to other negative behaviors that exacerbates the situation and makes the situation uh, even bigger than 
it would be before. If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. I am your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And today we are talking about how to manage negative feelings. And so if you have missed the first part of today's show, I want to invite you to go to our website and from there you can access our YouTube channel where we have uh, over 200 podcasts from previous episodes that are there on the site. And there's also, there's also going to be this show and all future shows. So please remember to access this show through our website. If you are not familiar with how to get to our website, our website is elimcounselingministry.com elim is spelled E-L-I-M counseling with two L's ministry.com you can also call us at 1-877-544-3546 we would be delighted to hear from you we also I also want to take this chance to remind you of our upcoming retreat on June 5 to 8 at Providence Point in Lanark. Don't wait to register. June seems like it's a world away, but people have already begun to register for this retreat. So if you'd like to be one of our special guests for for this retreat, then remember to give us a call or you can find out more about it by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. So yes, so, so far we have been talking about uh, well, the topic we are talking about today is how to manage negative feelings. And I've looked at a number of different points so far, and I was just talking about unhealthy coping mechanism and some of the reasons why people fall apart. But one of the, the reasons that I need to touch on before I move off this section of, of, of the topic is unresolved emotions. That's one of the biggest reasons why people fall apart when they're having negative feelings is that if you have unresolved emotions from the past that you have not dealt with, that you have sort of pushed away, and maybe it's a sexual abuse from your childhood that is just so painful that you have not dealt with it, you have just sort of pretended that it has no effect on you. Maybe it's physical abuse that you suffered at the hands of your parents that have left you uh, left you feeling hurt and powerless, but you just pretend that it didn't matter and you have moved on. These emotions from these past negative experiences will continue to affect you in that when something relatively minor happens, it pushes you over the edge and your reaction is over the top. And someone might say, why are you reacting that way? It's just burnt toast. Why are you throwing the toaster? Or it's just a nail that you're trying to put in and you're throwing the hammer because it didn't go in uh, the way that you had planned straight, the way that you wanted in the wall. And people are wondering, why are you reacting like that to a nail? or to burnt toast. Well, it's not about the toast. It's not about the nail that you're putting in the wall that's making you angry. It is about those unresolved things from your past that you haven't dealt with, those things that are driving you over the edge. And even though you're not dealing with dealing with it, it is still sending emotions to, to, to your mind that is making you making you overreact. 
So let's move on to talk about an analogy that is used to to explain what goes on in the minds of people who are having negative feelings. And it's an example from not one of my favorite psychologists, but I'll use this example because I think it's a, it's a good example when it comes to explaining this. And so Sigmund Freud talks about this analogy of a horse and a rider in referring to the the the, the two factors of the brain, the, the two the, the two areas of the brain that are involved with negative feelings. And psychologists call one part of the brain, the first part they call the primary process mind, that part of the mind that deals with the perceptions of what's happening in the here and now. And that part also deal with your your drives and your your goals and as in 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 light of what is being experienced in the moment so that that they call that is also called the primate mind so that part of your brain keep that in mind it's dealing with the perception what's happening the here and now it's the primate mind but then there's a second stream that psychologists call the person mind and that part of the mind is is the part that kind of uh look at what's happening in 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 and try to deliberate about it and and look at the the reality of what's happening reflects on it and rationalizes about what's happening and try to deal with the situation in a rational way so Freud uses this analogy of a horse and a rider, and he said that the the perception part of the mind, the primate part of the mind, is like the horse, the part that deals with the immediate, what's happening in the here and now, is like the horse. And he said the person part of the brain is like the rider, that part that rationalizes and figures out what's really going on, and and that part of the brain, the the person part of the brain is is shaped by things like your culture and your other experiences. So Freud talks about this interaction between the two parts, like that rider on the horse that is trying to steer the horse in a certain direction. And if the emotions and the feelings from the primate part are not going in the right way, that the, that the rider is trying to steer it because of what they, how they perceive things should be, then there is this internal conflict that ensues and this can create a vicious cycle where the anxiety from the original thing is is also amplified by the the rational thinking of the rider who is trying to get those thoughts to behave in a certain way. So it sets up this internal battle in the mind between the primate part and the person part of the mind that can result in people becoming even more depressed by what is happening. So now let us talk about the how to deal how to deal with the emotions like if you're having these emotions they let's talk about this acronym for for managing your negative feelings so the first important part of managing your negative feelings the e is for 
inquire. Inquire about what's going on. What kind of feelings are you having in your mind? We have an example of this in Psalm 42 and verse 11. So in Psalm 42 and verse 11, we have the psalmist uh, inquiring to himself. He's saying, uh, oh my soul, why are you so so uneasy within me. Why are you so cast down, O oh my soul? So it's like he's having this dialogue with himself and asking what's going on. So I think the first and very important step is to be aware of what's going on in your body. What's going on when you're having those emotions, those negative feelings. It's a crucial first step because many of us, we make ourselves so busy that we don't pay attention. We try to drown out these feelings with entertainment and doing all kind of other activities to avoid facing it. But by not facing it, you're making the situation worse. So I think a very important first step is that we need to inquire about what's going on in our emotions. The second, the, the second letter, A, is for accept. We talked earlier about people who have these shoulds. I shouldn't be feeling that way or if I'm a Christian, this should not be happening to me. And we talked about the attitude that people have sometimes that that makes the situation, the negative feelings worse. So accept the reality of what is happening to you. Accept the emotions that you, the feelings that you're having. And do not be judgmental on yourself by saying, I shouldn't be feeling like this. I'm a strong believer. I should have the joy of the Lord. And, you know, that's a, 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 a topic for another show. But that verse is taken totally out of context. God is by no means saying by having the joy of the Lord. When the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength, it is by no means saying that when you're going through suffering, you should be smiling because you have the joy of the Lord. Because that is just not human or rational. Jesus himself, when he was faced with the cross, we are told in the Bible that in in Matthew 26, verse 39, that when Jesus was faced with the prospect of the cross, that he he fell face down on the ground and cried out to God and said, God, if possible, let this cup pass from me. So this idea that if you're a believer, you should never be sad when you're going through hard things, and you should just have the smile on your face is not is not practical it's not rational and should not be expected of anyone the s in the ease is to self observe so self observe it's a, it's a little bit different than inquiring like inquiry is what you talk about the feelings like why am i feeling this way the the s for self observe is to is to put yourself in a situation where you're looking at your situation from a third-party perspective. So if I were giving someone else advice in this situation, how would I advise them? If someone else was going through this, like what 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 would I say about the situation? Would I say it's hopeless? Or would I f- ha- have some uh, ideas to give them where, how they can continue to hope in that situation? So the S is for observe, self-observe. And we find an example of that third-party observation 
in a sense of it in Nathan and David. When Nathan came to David and told him the story about this man who had these, this pet lamb, David was suddenly able to take himself out of the situation and see it more objectively. So when Nathan said, thou art the man, David saw immediately what he did and, and, and how sinful his actions were. And then the E, the final E, is to evaluate. So in evaluating, you're looking at how how bad is the situation? What are some of my resources? What resources do I have? How can I find hope in this situation? Like David in Psalm 55 talk, talks about, cast your cares on the Lord for he cares for you. Or what does the Bible say about this? Are there scriptures that could give me hope? So there you have it. You need to inquire, you need to accept, you need to self-observe, and you need to evaluate. So you need to ease yourself out of this situation by following that acronym. So I see that I have quickly come to the end of today's show and I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have a question or if, if you'd like to get help for something that you're struggling with, we would be happy to walk alongside you in your journey and to help you overcome. You can reach us by calling one 544 3546. So you can go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Remember, you can register for our healing retreat coming up by going to our website. Don't wait to register. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Art of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.